Well, as we look ahead at non-farm payrolls and a monster week of data deluge next week, Blake and I look at interest rate pricing and ask, has it gone too far? And by extension, we have a look at the bond market, not just in the US, but in the global bond markets, which have been on an absolute ripper recently. Energy markets look damn right ugly at the moment. We've seen some pretty wild moves coming through in the gold market, although it's settling down and we're seeing a bit of consolidation playing through. We saw a big move in equity markets, but they look pretty exhausted at the moment. We ask, can it kick on? This is the trade-off. Well, hi there. My name is Chris Wesson, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. And I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And as we crack on into the end of the year, we are seeing equity markets pretty exhausted. Blake and I are going to be discussing all of those factors, energy markets. Yeah, every man, woman and dog have been selling uh, crude and that gas futures at the moment and also on CFDs. And we see you know, big moves playing through in the gold market and, and also in cryptos as well, which I think is quite an interesting one as well. So I'm going to bring Blake into the program. Uh, Mr. Blake Morrow, we're winding down for Christmas, aren't we? Uh, I'm guessing volumes are starting to, to, to dissipate. People are starting to look at those seasonal joys that we're going to be having, but there's no rest for the wicked, is it? We're just about to heat up. These markets have still got plenty to play for. You're, you're right, Chris. And it, it seems like that liquidity is pretty poor right now. And you can see a lot of flow just like pushing through the market and you get this one way directional moves. And uh, you saw it a lot in the Australian dollar today. You, you, you see it in crude. You know, there there are you you do get during the holiday or as you approach the holiday season, you start to get uh, traders that are like, I'm not standing in front of that. And <laughs> brokers are like, I'm not getting in front of that one either. And you see them get out of the way. So these trends seem like they're extending a little bit further, even though we're not getting much movement in the equity markets uh, yet. Yeah, that's right. So I think the equity markets are really interesting. Let's explore some of these key thematics. Uh, let's go into uh, topical funder. Blake, I think one of the big debates at the moment is just in this interest rate pricing. I want to sort of read out a couple of things that have gone in there. Obviously, yeah, we've seen, I think if you look in the bond market, which we'll discuss in a second, we've seen one of the biggest two-day moves uh, in, in UK gilts and also in, in European government bonds, certainly in Bunds, uh, yeah, last two-day move. Um, yeah, it's really since the, ba- the banking crisis that we saw back in March, there's been a huge bid in duration uh, that's been playing through. But if you actually look in stirs and in short-term interest rates, um, and look what's being priced, the amount of basis points of cuts that are being priced in by the end of next year. It's got pretty whippy. I mean, ECB now, 143 basis points of cuts being priced in by that time. Um, you know, the door is open. We've got about 70% chance of a cut by the March meeting. In the US, we've got 122 basis points of cuts, nearly five rate cuts being priced in by the end of next year. Um, in Australia, you know, everything was looking pretty sanguine. We've now got 40 basis points of cuts by the end of next year. So the market's catching on and saying the RBA are not going to be immune to this situation. We've got 60 in in New Zealand, Bank of England, what we've got about 85 basis points of cuts by the end of next year. So the key thematic now is, is clearly that rate cuts are coming. It's a question of, is that pricing correct? And when's that starting date going to happen? And is this just a reflection of um, central banks making these policy adjustment cuts to more of a neutral setting? Or is this some people betting that we're going to get a recession and they're going to have to front load and get these down, get the yeah, the interest rates or benchmark rates down quicker. Um, so, you know, the question is ahead of the non-farm payrolls, which we've discussed where the balance of risk at the moment, has the market 
gone too far there, Blake, not just in the extent um, of, of where rate cuts are priced to start, but also the amount that's been priced in across the curve. Yes. So moving along to our next subject, I do, I do think, I, I do think it as as you know, uh, Chris, and I've I've mentioned it here. I think the markets really underestimate the ability that the, the of central banks to keep rates higher for longer. Now, I do think there are going to be divergences. I was uh, actually talking with your colleague Michael Brown uh, the other day, and we were just discussing about the divergences of central banks might be the key theme in 2024. And I really can't disagree with that. And, and I think you're going to see a situation, and you're starting to see it maybe getting priced into the euro dollar a little bit, where Europe and the eurozone, they might be cutting rates as the market is expecting, where the Fed might not be so keen on doing that just yet as the U.S. economy continues to be really strong. And, and you mentioned it. Um, we have non-farm payrolls this week. Uh, the, the jobs data shouldn't be shouldn't be horrible. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we miss slightly, but it's not going to be like we're losing jobs yet. And I think that's going to be the the theme really, at least in the first quarter of this next year, is everybody's expecting the U.S. jobs market or the U.S. economy to really slow down. Well, Chris, let's move along to yields. And, you know, last week, if you remember, my play of the day was tactical U.S. dollar longs. And I was good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I've been playing the dollar on the long side, in and out, in and out, um, buying dips as I as I can. Now, the one thing that you had mentioned a little bit earlier, we've seen in our intro uh, or in your intro, excuse me, is the, that the bond market's been rallying quite substantially. Uh, globally, we've seen yields come down. But what we've seen is the correlation between the dollar and yields really break down over the course of the last week. And that's interesting to me, especially as risk continues to sit higher. One of the things that I've, as a trader, I always look for is I look for three different things when I'm thinking, okay, markets might get a little wobbly. One of them is the dollar strengthens. Another one is the bond market strengthens. Another one is the gold market strengthens. Now, we had a pop in gold. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Pop in gold over the weekend. It still is holding above, uh, you know, 2,000. Uh, we have strength in the bond market, and we have the dollar strengthening. To me, it suggests that we really need the market and risk is walking a very fine line right now. Am I reading too far into this, Chris, or how uh, are you seeing it? I think with the dollar, like, so basically the, the, the issue is, is that all bond markets are rallying. And I think if you have a look at the extent that the German bond market is rallying, it's rallied harder, right? So if you look at the yield diverge or the premium that, that you have for US Treasury, 10-year Treasury yield over German bonds, um, that got down to about 178 basis points or 1.78%. Um, and then we saw that pick up. So the, the yield on the, on the 10-year started moving up more aggressively than what we saw in Bunds. And that now sits at 1.93. Um, so as the yield premium increased against Bunds, what we saw was a reversal in the US dollar. And so simply, if you overlap the two, what you're seeing is that yield spread just moving the dollar, right? So you've seen US treasuries rally across the curve, more so on the back end. And then we've seen that bull, bull flattening playing through. But UK gilts have rallied hard. We've seen German Bunds rallied hard. And 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 but the thing is, is that these countries, their their bond markets have rallied harder, and therefore the yield premium on the U.S. has increased. So that's really what we've been seeing. So that's what's made the U.S. dollar more attractive for me as yield spreads. You can do that really easily on trading view. You can just take the two against and overlap the dollar against it. You can see it for yourself, and yeah, I'm happy to show you how that works. But that that to me, is, it's just the yield premium. I think is the case there. 
Well, maybe when you meet with those traders in, uh, in Sydney a little bit later, you can actually show them exactly how to do that. I think that's a really great trick on TradingView. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think, but that's it. I mean, what we saw with Elizabeth Snarble, um, you know, coming out, she's a hawk, she's changed the tune, is massive rallies coming through in the German bond market. I mean, people have, you talked about rates in the previous section there. I mean, we, we, we've got, yeah, the, the, the rates market in Europe has, has moved quite sharply. We've got an ECB meeting next week. You know, will they push back against these expectations that are now sewn into the bond market? I mean, they're saying that we're not going to get rate hikes. That's one thing. And, and that's what Schnabel said. But effectively, they're not still so. They still haven't given us a, a Christopher Waller um, Fed type situation where he laid out explicitly a timetable. I thought that was really, really important when what Christopher Waller said last week, that he's given definition to, to how rate cuts could play out. I think that's the first really strong piece we've seen. We haven't seen that from the ECB, but yeah, I think really it's, it's those yield differentials that have been, that have been working, played. Um, I want to just touch back on that ECB meeting because... Um, yeah, if we talk about what's happening um, as like a risk situation, Blake, I just want to read out some of the um, uh, some of the uh, event risks that we've got coming through next week. Um, so I'll start with the key ones. We've got the Fed meeting, Bank of England meeting, ECB meeting, all like within a very short window of each other. The UK US CPI number on the 13th or the 12th for you is the marquee event risk for me this week, this coming week. You know, I think um, the market's going to be looking for headline around 0.1. It could be negative. Imagine getting a negative CPI print on the headline. Core probably around sort of 20, 30 basis points month on month. I think it's going to be the, the issue there. Uh, we're expecting core to drop a little bit, but that's certainly CPI number is a big one. US retail sales, you've got sort of tier two central banks, um, yeah, the, the Norges Bank, Swiss National Bank, the, you've got the Banksico in, in Mexico, manufacturing services, PMI numbers in the UK, Europe, Aussie employment. It's all going on next week. It's a massive, massive week. I know we've got payrolls on the next segment, but yeah, I think next week is going to be one of those where, where the, the event risk landmines is huge, right? It is. And, and that's going to be the week that it's going to really cap you off for the year too. And you have to imagine right after that, I think, uh, let, let me just, let me make sure I clarify on Friday, we do have like empire state manufacturing, industrial production, flash manufacturing PMIs here in the U S and after that you're going into, uh, you're going into the week before the holidays and, uh, things are going to really pair back. And, um, we should really talk about how, you know, this is going to be where the, 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 the peak of liquidity and where it really tapers off into the remainder of the uh, into the remainder of the um, uh, year. Yeah, because so. I think you basically get you, you you get your big hitters. You know, they say, yeah. "Look here, you man the desk, keep a close eye on my core exposures. Any sort of big news comes out, manage that risk, do what you need to do, tweak around the edges, but just keep that core exposure in there." I'm going on holiday until the rest of the year. You stay out of the pub and just. Yeah, keep solvent. <laughs> and I think that's really, that's kind of like the timetable that banks work on as we right. go into the year. Um, and just just keep that keep that core exposure. Obviously, you've got the active managers, the hedge funds who still need to be in there. If the market kicks up, they just need to, still need to be performing. But yeah, everyone else is just managing those core exposures and just trading around the edges, I think, and that liquidity dries up, right? That they are. And so you, you, with that being said, make sure you manage your risk after next week. I know we got a lot heading into this next week, but... Key, after after we get past next week, really start to manage your risk, take down your exposure, watch for liquidity traps, watch for flow. Don't get in it. Don't get in. Don't get in the way and stay in the way. If you get if you get in and you're, you're wrong, get out. 
Um, yeah, that's the best advice I could give you as we head into the end of the year. You know, that's just going to say, go, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, please. I was, I was just going to say, no, I was just saying, in terms of those event risks, I think the way I'm looking at it, it's like the CPI is, is, is incoming data. And then you've got the central banks who are, who are you know, taking in what they've already had. So I think the CPI number is probably the, the marquee event risk for me. As you saw in the last in the last report, that CPI number was the catalyst for massive volatility in the market. Yeah, the big bid that came through in duration in the bond market. So I'm really watching that one very, very closely indeed. If we were to see headline actually contract and, and, and decline, I think that would be that would be a really big semantics uh, situation. But I think, yeah, Bank of England, Fed beating. Uh, ECB meeting. The big situation is there. We go back to our our, in, our friend interest rate pricing. How much will they push back on the level of rate cuts that are being priced into the market? And secondly, Blake, will the market believe a single word that they're saying? <laughs> well, credibility might be out the window. So we'll see. Yeah, that's right. Quick one as well. <laughs> yeah. Central Bank Work Economic Conference in China. This is where they come out uh, they haven't set a date, but it's usually around sort of 15th December. This is when they stipulate their growth targets for 2024. So maybe not a market event. I don't think it's going to be a volatility event, but this is where they come out and say, look, we're going to be targeting four and a half, five percent GDP, uh, CPI prints, um, you know, de- budget deficits, and also employment targets. So that could be an interesting one, just to see how aggressive China are going to be next year. So that's something I'm watching as well. All right. Well, before that, Chris, let's go into the next subject, the last topic. Let's talk about the jobs report. Obviously, for this week, that's what everybody's kind of waiting for. And you can actually see, I I know I trade in North America. Maybe a lot of your clients uh, don't necessarily see it. But boy, I'll tell you, the the afternoons in the U.S., uh, in the North American or the Americas session, is really, really slow. And everybody's just kind of waiting for, they they get the, the, the early economic data, like the weekly unemployment claims tomorrow, or we got the jolts and, you know, everything else. Uh, We'll talk about that. Uh, then after that, volume kind of pairs off and everybody's waiting for the jobs report. So I want to talk a little bit about my playbook going into uh, non-farm payroll uh, specifically. But, um, you know, is, is it going to be weak data this week? We've seen the jolts data come in weak. We've seen the uh, ADP numbers that came in today. They came in a little bit below expectations. Um, you know, the market's looking for what? Uh, 100 and, uh, 150,000 jobs, roughly 140,000 jobs. Actually, I think it's, it's 180. 180. Yeah. It went up to 180, 185,000. Actually, now I just looked at it. Um, you know, is that a tall order based on the economic data that we've seen? And if we get a weak date, if we get weak data, yields have already been coming down. Personally, I think the dollar yen is ripe for a, for to be to be sold. But if the data comes in strong, I'm going to be selling euros. Euros showed its hand last week and it showed a big reversal and it's playing into a big reversal already. But those are going to be my two plays going into non-farm payroll, either all the uh, dollar yen on uh, weak data and I'm going to just be shorting euros on strong data. How about you? What do you think? I think it's going to be about position adjustment going into there. I think the market's thinking that the payrolls number could be a big one and actually quite meaningful ahead of the Fed meeting there as well. Um, so I do, I do believe that um, yeah, people will be looking to managing if if, if they're excessively short euros, uh, so dollar uh, dollars. I think they'll be managed to trim those. Uh, the Treasury market is going to be guiding us. You know, we've seen such a strong bid. If you look at the price action in in Treasury futures, or if you have a look at sort of generic yields, that their yields are falling hard. Uh, and I think given that the market is clearly overweight um, and, and long 
to the teeth in, in treasuries at the moment. You may see looking people looking to cut back into that. And if we were to see yields moving up a little bit, then that may push the, the US dollar. But again, it's in advance of that spread. So I think this is going to be one of those ones where you could in the next next couple of days into that payrolls, you know, people are going to try and see moves and try and make up a narrative about those moves um, when it doesn't always make sense, when it's just flow, right? It's just flow. And yeah. and and with then within the media and, and people come out and say, we've got to find a reason as to what this has happened, but it's going to be positioning adjustment. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me then if you if you look at that. And I think, you know, the market's run a pretty big uh, euro dollar position recently. I know people are, are selling euros hand over fist at the moment because the economics are, are quite weak. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be a position adjustment. But Trading payrolls is also really, really hard because you've not just got to get the non-farm payrolls number, what's the good, what's bad, how does the three-month average come out, but then you've got the unemployment rate, as we know, which is completely taken off a different survey. That's done off the household survey as opposed to the, the establishment survey, and so they're, they're two different things. Um, and then you've got average hourly earnings as well. So I think that unemployment rate really matters. If we were to see a four-handle on the unemployment rate, I, I think that would be pretty bad. I think you know, dollars would be sold pretty hard and, and people would continue to buy by that, but I think the, you know, if, if you if you're a long risk at the moment, you really need to see that payrolls number around about 160, 170 thousand. Uh, the unemployment rate really to be around 3.9, perhaps even tick down to 3.8, and average hourly earnings to be same. That's your Nirvana moment. I think that's the Goldilocks. But where we get that's obviously another factor. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's too many. There's too many variables. Which one do you just go headline? So you know, for me, I, I don't like trading payrolls. I don't want to be involved. I think this could be a big one. Next week's CPI number is also a big one there. So there's still a lot to play for. But I think a position position adjustment into that situation is good. Anyway, let's bring up the charts. Let's go to that to set up. All right, let's go to energy. You can't go past energy right now, uh, uh, Mr. Blake Morrow, um, because it's getting smacked. Um, if I have a look at the spot crude price, you can see we're coming down into the, into those sort of lows that we saw between April, June and July. Um, you know, you can't find a friend at the moment. People are talking about going into January, more supply than demand. People obviously looking at the demand side, seeing a global slowdown. Uh, we can talk about the inventory reports. We can talk about CTAs and trend following funds, just asking, adding massive short positions into these markets. They're probably max short at the moment. But there's been this whole concophony. Yes, I'm going to use the word concophony um, <laughs> of, of factors that have been coming through. But there's also, for me, this, this kind of asset price deflation why on earth would you stand through there? If you if you want to buy crude, unless you're an exporter and you have to hedge your exposure and, and you have to buy, you're price insensitive, um, then then fine. But you know, if you are price sensitive, like why would you stand in the way of that? You're just seeing a falling knife. You wouldn't catch that. Um, and you just look to sell rallies, if anything, and stay short. And you'd say, well, let's see how price reacts into 63 bucks into those lows. And you just pull your bids. And of course, when you've got no buyers, you've got to buy a strike and price is just going to fall really, really easily. Um, so I, I still think that the path of least resistance is lower. I like being so I've been like being short on this. Uh, maybe it's a bit extended, but I'll, I'll be looking to sell any kind of rallies, and I don't think rallies are going to be that that extended. Uh, I like selling Nokia at the moment. I think that's been working pretty badly, so you know I, I continue to like that, um, and I like Nokia over, selling Nokia over CAD at the moment. So yeah, Nat Gas again, that looks really weak. Um, yeah, I've, I've just been energies in the doghouse at the moment. Are you stepping in front of this, Mr. Blake Morrow? Uh, no, I'm not. And and matter of fact, it looks like if you ask me, I think we're going to see we're going to before we before we even rally into some resistance, we should see about 67 bucks first, which is get that horizontal support that you see there that you have on your line or on your chart. Excuse me. That's also 161 percent extension uh, down there. 
as well um, of, of the last uh, consolidation. So theoretically, you know, 67.50, 67 bucks might find some support before we hit 63. But you're right. Why would you step in front of that? It's obvious that there's some strong selling. The, the trend is obviously down. You want to be able to sell rallies. I agree with you. It is a little oversold. Um, my daily RSA, RSI has just reached oversold. But just as it's reaching oversold doesn't make it oversold because it can become more oversold. So anyway, I like it to the downside. I think you sell rallies uh, for now until further notice, Chris. Yeah, I think when we get down and I think it's interesting if we get down into that that blue um, horizontal level, um, if we get down into there, will we see support? Will we see more OPEC? noises where we see some 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 sort of appeasing um you know rhetoric coming through because obviously we've just seen those deeper cuts coming through it hasn't done anything at all to the price but if we get down to those levels that could be very very interesting if you're a scalper watch it down there i think there could be some uh, some quick money to be made into those levels all right let me take you over to my first setup and mine is going to be the euro sterling and um you know i'm looking for a dead cat bounce here chris and the reason why is strictly technical not because I, I love the European economy over the UK economy. It's just strictly technical. If you look intraday, today's low, it was a new trend low met with intraday relative strength divergence. Now, you'd have to go to a four-hour chart to see that. And I obviously, I'm not going to show you multiple charts here. I'm just going to keep you on the daily chart. But if you went into a four-hour chart, you would see that divergence. So, um, and by the way, I am already I already established a long position just right where we're basically closed at today, uh, real close to there. And I'm looking for a bounce and I'm looking for a bounce back above 86 pence. I think that 78% retracement is going to hold. Also, I need to, I need to mention the sterling dollar or the pound dollar or the cable has a double top that's playing out. It, it, it's, it could have also been a setup here, but that double top points a, a little bit lower. And I think it's going to accelerate because the cable's been kind of holding up and you can see it coming through the crosses, but I think we're going to see a little bit of retracement. I'd look for a move maybe back up to 86.30, 86.50, some, something something like that before we see another um, resumption of the trend lower. So uh, that's my first setup. Chris, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, if I if I look at the trade, I mean, obviously, if I look at it on a daily time frame, I know you're looking at the divergence on the four hour, but if I look on the daily chart, we're still below the five day exponential, which I I, I, I want to see it break above that to give me any clarity. But we're obviously just consolidating. We've seen three bars now where prices is, is 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 just sort of moving sideways. So it's to me like it needs a bit of work. Um, if I was going to go long, I'm just looking at implied vol in, in, in one week implied vol in, in euro sterling at the moment. It's trading at 507, 5.07%, which if we look at a, a sort of a 70% probability, that gives you about a, a 50 pip move. So if I was going to be long, I'll be looking to, uh, my risk would be around 80, uh, um, I'll be looking to put a stop loss around 8520. Um, so that's that's where I'm, you know, in terms of how much risk I'm taking on, I'd want to be looking to try and take profit somewhere, you know, at least, uh, you know, the similar sort of amount, if not you know, two times R, but that's obviously there. So yeah, at the moment it's it's consolidating. I'd want to put a stop loss on that around 85.20. Um, that gives me a bit of wriggle room and that's in, in line with sort of the implied vol in the market. Um, but yeah, I think until we get a sort of a break above the, and close above that five-day exponential, um, on the on the higher timeframes, it, yeah, at the moment it still needs a bit of work. So yeah, I hope... Yeah. 
I hope you get your trade well. Um, Thank you. But for me, for, for me, who likes a bit a bit more buying, I'd want to see that. But yeah, it's consolidating after a big move down. Um, yeah, I'd want to see a, a, a bit bit of a bit of a momentum shift up there. But my risk is eighty five twenty if I was going to put a stop loss on the trade just to to see how that works. Anyway, I want to bring it to the uh, US five hundred. Let's go into equities because I know there's a lot of people who are, who are watching this one closely. If we can go into US five hundred, yeah, look, you can see the the consolidation that's taking place now. If I have a look at some of the stocks that we've got, yeah, Microsoft. Into 380, I think you know, um, you know, struggled there. It's not really. We're not seeing that that leadership again from Microsoft. Apple had a, a move up into sort of 196, came down to 192. Sort of looks a bit lost at the moment. We need Amazon to pick up a little bit. Google, all these big names, all these big names are, are sort of not working too well for me. Um, but if you have a look at that consolidation, I mean, it's thematic of a big move up that we've been seeing ahead of this massive uh, data that we've got, payrolls and all other factors. Um, I want I just don't, I, I need price to reveal itself, Blake. What are we going to do on this one? Are we going to wait for price to break out and jump on, or are we just going to trade a range in the short term here? Well, I, th- I think we're actually going to uh, break lower. So I think that uh, 4610 caps the rally. Uh, I, I'm actually monitoring it as more of an ascending channel versus just a rectangle that you have there. Uh, but that brings in support at 45.35. So a break below 45.35 should open up the downside. But I, but this is one of those things, and it, I'm glad you said it, Chris. Price has to reveal itself. Price has to show you the way. And and it's important not to make the make the assumption and just go with your gut before you actually see it reveal itself. And and it is that's a problem with traders that especially have experience. Like, oh, I've seen this movie before. I know exactly how it plays out. I'm going to go ahead and get short here because I know it's going to break down. You can't do that in this situation because the market has just been grinding higher the last two weeks. And so, um, but my gut instinct would be would be that it, it does roll over here. So th- those those are my thoughts with the S and P. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think if you've got payrolls number coming out, we get say like 250,000 jobs, which isn't the trend we're seeing the trend is is the three month trend is actually lower but if we were to see that surprise i mean it's always a, the payrolls always just surprises you when when you're expecting a low number it comes out top end but if we were to see um you know big numbers there and or even if we would see the unemployment rate about four percent i think the, the equity market wouldn't like that even though we'd see it justifies the rates pricing i think the market's saying hang, hang on a second this labor market is calling faster than we expected and that's not good for risk uh, so I think we're trying to understand the psychology of the market. It's, it's, we've seen a big rally in risk recently because people are saying, yeah, the Fed are done. We're pricing in rate cuts. That's going to take the pressure valve. Uh, our bond yields have, 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 bond yields have fallen, and that's made the, the, the present value of the market better, um, more compelling. But no, I think we've, we're, we're starting to get to that, that, that next stage where they're saying, if we actually see signs of, 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 a, of a much cooler economy, then that's going to hit impact earnings and we're going to see earnings downgrades quite sharply. So this is the next stage, I think, of, 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 of the market psychology. We've had the risk on rally as yields fall. Now, when the rubber reaches the mode and we actually get that evidence that the market's been pricing in, maybe they won't like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing is, is you could get you could end up getting a a, a, str- a good number, a strong number, and the market goes, shoot, we're we've been too aggressive on on pricing cuts, and let's sell stocks here. They they we're gonna they they're gonna be higher for longer. And well, I think it's, it's telling it's you, mate, keep an open mind. Keep an open yeah, mind. Yeah, you have to keep an open mind. You have to and and see 
what the reaction is post jobs report. Okay. Um, let's take it to my last setup. My last setup is going to be gold. And um, this was a interesting one, Chris. And I'm oh, going to wow. just, yeah. you, you, I mean, we saw the move on Sunday and, and, and I'm sorry if you were short, you got cleaned out. If you were trading a leverage account, your stops are done. And, and if you were trading cash or very little leverage, maybe, maybe you stayed short uh, luckily. And, 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 and you're like, okay, I can, I can breathe now. But the fact of the matter is we had this false break above all time highs gapped open on Sunday. We reversed. You look at any feed, whether you're looking at Pepperstone's feed, you look at any U S uh, brokers feed, you look at uh, uh, the ice feed, you're going to get that same move. And, and uh, now I think if we break back below 2010, which also coincides right around that 38% retracement of that entire move up that you see uh, that, that took place, you know, basically in this, in the fall, all the way till, you know, this week, uh, this weekend, 38% retracement comes in around 2010, 2015, we break below that. And I would be very cautious on being on the long side of the gold market, but I think that's a good setup. You can get long as long as we don't drop below 2010 and especially the big figure. What do you think here, Chris? How are you, how would you play gold? I think you've, you've built up a really key level there. Um, you know, 2010, that's the lows. And yeah, if we get a breakthrough there, I think there'll be stops going off and I think that'll trigger off. So yeah, there was a huge stop loss run that came through on that, but also there was a lot of um, options activity, you know, not, not, we don't, we don't offer options, but I'm talking to you know, mates at the investment banks and they've been, you know, a lot of the options dealers had been writing or, or selling calls effectively to the street. And, and as price broke through those levels, you know, they had to hedge their delta and their gamma and effectively that meant buying the underlying futures. So it wasn't yeah. just stop losses going off, but there was also a lot of hedging activity from, from, from options dealers buying the underlying as, as it went up. Obviously, they're, just, they're, they're market neutral. They just want to collect the premiums. And so that, that obviously extended the factor as well. So that's what we saw this, this huge run in a very illiquid period. And it's come right back. And as we talk about time and time again on this show, Blake, failed breakouts are sometimes more powerful than actual. I mean, a lot of times more, more powerful. So, yeah, obviously a lot to play for. We'll have to see how the US dollar plays, a lot of positioning. Yeah, and, and and positioning unwind going into payrolls number. Um, I'm not going to predict what the payrolls number does, but uh, obviously watch bond yields, watch interest rate pricing. And I think, yeah, if we get if we get a spike up in yields, then then I think that takes the dollar up, and 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 I think that that's where gold comes under pressure. So yeah, I think it's anyone to play for, but that, that's where you are. Price will reveal itself. Um, at the moment, though, I think right now, if you have a look at the the intraday chart, you can see a very tight range. We had the wild ride. We're now trading a very tight range. I think your range trade that buy high, uh, sorry, sell highs, sell uh, buy lows, and just try and try and try and trade that in in a range in, into the payrolls number. I think that's probably the right trade for me right now. Uh, anyway, let's go to play of the day and and let's see what's going on in in Blake's mind. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start off with uh, Euromex. I like this one. Um, if we can bring up the chart there, look, you can see. Um, Look, we've got a Mexican central bank meeting next week. They have made some noises about you know, cutting rates next year. Um, but yeah, I think we're probably looking at February, March um, uh, of where we're going. It's sort of, that's been pushed back quite a lot. Uh, we still like the MEX in a low volatility environment. You know, in effects vol is still very, very low, sort of 7% on the JP Morgan um, FX vol index, which allows me to continue to want to be in carry. 
Um, if we were to see equity markets rolling over, then I think the MEX will come under a bit of pressure. But if equity markets you know, consolidate further and we still see low vol, I think people want to be paid to be in positions and that extends into the FX markets. And that's where the Mexican uh, peso works well. Uh, still not a lot to like about Europe. You know, Germany's probably going to go into recession when we get to the next GDP print. Uh, we will be watching those PMI numbers later, later in next week. But I think the ECB, there is a risk they push back. Uh, on that rate cut expectations, where I don't think the market will buy it personally because they're seeing a vision further into the future that perhaps the ECB are not seeing right now. Um, but if look at the technicals, we've broken the uptrend. Um, yeah, price is making, it looks like he wants to make a lower low. I want to jump in for that. I want to be short um, Euro Max here. I think all of those factors um, tell me that the balance of probability, which is all we can do in, in trading, uh, is to the downside. So I like this one short. Um, I know what my risks are, as I talked about there. I know where I'm wrong, um, but I like the, the the short-term trade case for this to further go lower. You know, um, don't let Chris fool you uh, because this is his interpretation of telling you Santa Claus is real and a rally is coming. Just so everybody is clear with that. <laughs> everybody is clear. All right. Santa's already been, mate. Santa's already been. <laughs> That's right. Santa came a little early this year. Um, you know, my, my play of the day is going to be the Aussie Kiwi. And, you know, I was going to rightfully title this um, – getting a little Westy Bullock love, but you know, I decided to stay away from it and saying, I'm going to play the Hawk. And, and it's really just playing the divergence between central banks. Um, even though we saw this week, uh, the RBA came out this week and, and, and I have to say that their concerns about China was a little concerning. Uh, maybe one of the reasons why I weighed on the Aussie. Uh, then we saw the GDP print come in a little weaker than expected. CPI last week was obviously a, a bit of a miss uh, on the year over year number. But I still think that Australia is going to be viewed as, you know, it is still that central bank that could possibly, possibly raise rates. And I don't think that is going to be the case. But we are pricing in cuts, as Chris, you pointed out a little bit earlier for the RBNZ. Anyway, if you take this trend line, that lower trend line, it goes all the way back to the COVID lockdown lows in the beginning of 2020. That's how important that lower black line is. That comes in, just say, roughly around 106.50, 106.35, depending on what data feed you're looking at, what broker you're using. But somewhere right around that 106.50, mega support. Obviously, you get below 106.10, you're wrong. But I think we're going to get, we're going to be able to play that back up into the 200 DMA. I'm already long. I actually started establishing this position today, right near current levels. And this is my play of the day. Chris, there you go. When you um, when you're studying your CMT, um, your technician exam, do they they call it mega support? <laughs> I love mega, that. mega hugeness. Support. <laughs> I like the trade. I like the trade. Uh, Bullock's definitely one of the more hawkish central banks, but the market seems to believe that we're going to get uh, rate cuts later this year. I think yeah, there's still a lot of economists who are still calling for February as a date that we get rate cut, rate hikes. Uh, so there's still some people clinging on to that one, which will obviously support your trade. And uh, next week's employment data could be something that influences there as well. Anyway, thank you everyone for sticking around and watching the show. We hope you liked it. I hope you uh, can get on the chat and tell us some of the trades that you're liking in this market. Critique some of the ones, compliment, whatever you want to do, but give us a like. We really, really appreciate that. Anyway, we'll see you back next week for more of the trade-off.